Hello! Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today, we're welcoming back our friends for another installment of our game, Star Sworn. Let's have everyone introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Nate Auger. I am Max Goodname, the human knight. I'm excellent at sword fighting. I can't stand injustice. Wallace Q. Wallace is my best friend. I dream of being a hero of the realm, and I once won the King's Tournament. Hello, I'm Kelsey Lee. I'm playing Corley, the elf cleric. I'm excellent at healing and wards. Max's good name is my heart song. I stand out because of my kind spirit. My downfall is that I'm easily spooked. I dream of peace, harmony, and wellness for all. And I also do the voice of Peeper. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Peeper. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Peeper, indeed. Uh, My name's Emily Auger. I play Wallace Q. Wallace. Uh, wizard at large and master of illusion. I'm excellent at casting spells. My downfall is I can be convinced to follow bad ideas that my friends have. I can't stand bullies. My best friend is Max Goodname. I dream of developing my own defensive spells someday. Today, we're playing the next chapter of our story. If you'd like to play your own story, chapters one and two are available at storiesrpg.com. Chapter 1 and all the rules have everything you need to get started with your own games and are totally free. The chapters available to download are different than the ones you just heard and are fully written and ready to play at home with your family. We've done all the work for you. You can head to storiesrpg.com and let us know what you think. Now, enjoy the next installment of Star Sworn. And I'm Daniel Hines. I will be the storyteller with the help of Amanda Weldon. And uh, when we left off, you guys had just come from the Iron Penance. Some prisoners got away, some you held on to, and some you released. And at the end of it all, as you sailed away, you guys found you had strange glowing constellations on your skin. And today we're going to investigate that. You've been a couple days on the road, and now finally you are approaching Castle Mendwell, the home of the clerics. And here you will turn in your prisoners and perhaps learn a little bit more about what's going on. And I'll uh, give it to Amanda. The castle of Mendwell shines on a gently sloping hill. The walls are a hundred feet tall, made of smooth white marble and topped with golden merlins. In place of gargoyles, the battlements are guarded by the clerics of old. Sculpted from shades of stone, their hands plated in gold. The drawbridge is down and the gates are open, welcoming everyone in need of a healing touch. Guards at the gate stop you and take Macklin and Sallow Jack into custody. We've got a place for the likes of them. Where? Well, today is pottery class and tomorrow is expressive journaling, but first we need to get a hot meal into them. Wow, that sounds pretty good. You you get to talk a little bit. Oh, I was just waiting. I know, but it's a, it's a Max Goodname story. <laughs> All right. Ooh, wow. What are these? It's nice. Is is this marble? 
<laughs> Marble, yes. <laughs> Very nice. It is nice. Max is really into architecture these days. <laughs> he does always see the beauty in things. You're welcomed into the castle, basically its own little city bustling with activity. Everyone seems busy, and you hear the words Starfall and Starsworn over and over as you weave through markets and temples and roving classes of young clerics following their lore mothers like ducklings. Corley leads you straight to Lore Mother Winds. The white-robed dwarf is just dismissing a class of older students who file out of the hall as you enter. She smiles when she sees you, her curling hair and freckled cheeks blazing auburn in the sun slanting through the windows. Lore Mother, it's so nice to see you. Corley, welcome home. And you've brought back those two layabout friends of yours. Wallace, Max, how are you? Pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, we're a little bit nervous. There's been kind of some interesting stuff that happened since we saw you last. We have some questions. Oh, yeah, that reminds me, now that we're complaining. Um, I need a new sword. Is there any place here I can go get one? Uh, you know in the uh, Castle of Menwell, swords are not really a priority. They're more like the opposite of swords. Mm. But uh, in response to uh, Wallace, your question. These are exciting days, dangerous days. The stars have fallen again. Many believed it a myth, but of course, we lore mothers know the truth. Those who have been chosen by the fallen stars are what we call starsworn, and they possess great magic. They aren't inherently good or bad, simply chosen and powerful. Of course, we're not much more prepared than anyone else. It's one thing to study the legends, but you never think you'll be the one to live through them. I wonder if that's what happened with Parlo and with, what's his name? Uh, Parlo and the Brig and also yourselves. But we don't know that it's we don't happening. Know well, you know you're, you have shining stars in your skin, so. Yeah, it was crazy. When we were on the ship, uh, Parlo the Pink turned into this, what appeared to be a giant squid man. Um, and also I've got these rashy little stars all over my body. What's up with that? I have those too. I have this one cool-looking one on my hand, but I just was just happy about it. You've been chosen, the three of you. Oh, oh my. Tell me everything that happened on the Iron Penance. Uh, so, Corley, you relay the story with uh, Max and Wallace, kind of filling in the gaps of stuff you weren't there for. You tell them about the prisoners you saved and the ones that got away and the warden turning into the brig and Parlo and, uh, yeah, just the general where you guys were when the stars fell, basically. The warden is now the brig. Well, I'm not surprised. He was always a headstrong man, a passionate man, and the stars are fond of strong emotions. And Parlo. Whatever stars chose him, he seems dangerous indeed. Of course, the stars themselves aren't good or bad. They simply are. But some choose poor hosts. We'll need to be careful. The entire kingdom is in a bit of chaos right now, with Starsworn emerging all over. Perhaps it's good you three have been chosen. Someone will need to help the fallen stars find their way back to the sky, and it will be a long and dangerous job. How do we know how many stars have fallen? All the constellations have fallen to Earth, and the sky is empty of stars. Oh, no. That seems like a lot of work. We should probably start. Right. I agree. 
So Parlo could do some pretty crazy stuff. He got really strong. He made weird shapes. He was swimming really fast. Uh, I don't feel like I could do that right now, but what kind of cool stuff am I going to be able to do? Well, your own constellations aren't clear yet, but they will emerge with time. To find out which stars have chosen you, there is a way. The Frog Witch in the Southern Swamp. She's an old friend, and if anyone will have the rare component needed to perform the ritual, it's her. Tell no one else that you're starsworn and make your way to her. She will put you on the right path. Why did the Brig and Parlo get their powers immediately, and we have to wait for ours? We don't know why the stars do what they do. (laughs) Stars will be stars. And it's also, maybe it's not that you don't have your powers yet, you just haven't discovered them. And perhaps Parlo and the Brig were able to access them more readily in the moment. Tentacle, go! (laughs) Go! No, no, no tentacles I, come out. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it worked. It was worth a shot. Well, here's what I think: rest here and set out tomorrow. I'll get you a map, though the frog witch can be hard to find, regardless. But she will help you discover which powers are yours. Thank you. Um, do you have any other questions about Starfall or Starsworn um, or any I feel of these? Like I should. There's a lot of lore dump. Yeah. Um. So you were out, all the stars fell from the sky. Yeah, is, any, is everyone okay? Some people are, and some people may not be. I, it's, we're going to have to do some work to find out. The stories say that the last time the stars fell, kingdoms fell with them. There were heroes, there were villains, and it changed everything, really. So the stars don't differentiate. They fall, and then people do with them what they will. How are people navigating in the dark at night because we don't have that's like, probably why we have to travel in the morning we're gonna have to travel during the day we're not gonna be able to travel at night because we don't have the guidance of the stars right yes probably i think um some of the stars that have fallen have made their way to people who are then able to use them as lights. so i think that's an accommodation that people have made but yes if you if you do not have a way to get around in the dark you will have to wait until morning to travel oh well somebody's gonna have to inform the navy because there's ships out that don't have the stars to navigate home. I think somebody is on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I've heard from the kingdom and preparations are being made. The king and queen have sent birds. Preparations are being made. We will find a path. Do the clerics have the supplies they need here on hand to take care of those who are injured by the fallen stars? Is there anything I can do to help? The people that have been struck by the fallen stars are a danger as much as they are in danger. The thing that is going to be the most beneficial right now is for you to go to the Frog Witch and find out what ways you have been impacted. As people become identified as star sworn, we know that those around them will fear them and target them. And we need to protect them and make sure that they are safe. We also need to support them in learning how to use their new powers safely. So right now, they are at risk, and they also are a risk. Okay. Thank you. Is there a place that we can sleep tonight? Well, I live. do I live here? Yes. Oh, I live here. Okay. Um, so you can go home. <laughs> um, can I sleep on your floor? <laughs> then I'm going to take them home. Yeah. Um, Okay, Max and Wallace, um, do you want to come over? <laughs> or would, I, would, I, would they be put up somewhere else? 
Yeah, so you probably are in like a uh, dormitory sort of situation. Lord Mother Winds had put Max and Wallace up in a nice guest room. Uh, and you guys all sleep. And as you sleep, you recover any hearts or anything you had lost over the course of last game. You are back up to fit fighting shape. Um, all damage recovered. That is good because I had some hearts crossed out. Uh, no, don't. I want it back. Uh. Max, Wallace, oh, wake oh, up. Oh. Hi. Is it morning? It's past breakfast. You guys missed all the gruel. Oh, I want my gruel. Just kidding. I set aside some muffins for you. Oh, thank oh, you. thanks. I love muffins. What kind of muffins are they? Blueberry and cran nut. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. All right. You guys ate a hearty cran nut breakfast, <laughs> and you are prepared to hit the road. You get all the basic supplies you need from Lore Mother Winds. You get a map with um, a map of the swamp, and it's strange. You see the there's a hut marked in the swamp, but it seems to kind of be wandering over the map even as you watch. Uh, she kind of apologizes and says it's the best they have. And then... I see you still have Peeper with you. Should he stay here at the castle? Well, I think Peeper would be an excellent addition to our team. He's proven himself very sweet. Why don't we ask Peeper what he would like to do? <laughs> All right, well, bon voyage! <laughs> <laughs> Speaks for itself. All right, let's get on our horses and go. I don't think we have horses. <laughs> I'm on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was no mention of horses, so we're on foot. Uh, you don't have horses. You are on foot. So you leave the Castle Menwell and you get on the road to the southern swamp. You know it is a legendary, wide, deep, bubbling, just kind of gross area. Nobody goes there if they don't have to. But that is where you're headed with this enchanted map. The swamp's getting all over my boots. You're not at the swamp yet, but they Dang. will. <laughs> no, the swamp is going to get all over my boots. So you're a couple days on the road and you're passing a lot of people. Uh, some look suspiciously at you. Some just look suspicious. Others are clearly fleeing. It's uh, the, the, the starfall has clearly caused a lot of issues all across the kingdom. Finally, one night, as you prepare to set up camp, the moon shining bright, but the sky strangely starless, you see in the distance as the sun sets, there is a blazing fire and a smudgy cloud of smoke rising on the opposite horizon. Do you guys see that smoke? Yeah, I think we should go see who might have set up camp over there. I don't know. I think we have to be careful. She warned us that there were people out there who were risky to be around. Yeah, but we're also here to help people. So we should check it out. Don't make me sound like a villain. <laughs> <laughs> well... We do know that some people might be struggling or even dangerous, and so I think we're the protectors, so who else is going to check it out if not us? I say we proceed with caution. That's all I was saying. Your your character's thing is that you're easily spooked, and we're hyping you up. We're just putting, we're just pouring some gas on it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> It'll all work out. It always does. Wallace is just going to think back on if there's anything about that smoke that looks magical to him or if it seems like a pretty traditional campfire sure so we're gonna roll so you have your uh tags on your sheet there so do you have what are relevant to Beca I'm checking a wizard, out magic i'm excellent at casting spells and i'm interested in developing my own magic yep that's three so roll 3d6 i got 
two fives and a two. You know, a one, two, and a three is a trouble. A four and a five is a trouble with a little bit of triumph, too. And a six is a triumph. So your highest dice is the one you count. So you got a five. So that is a trouble and a triumph. So with that, you can see that this fire does not appear to be magical, but you do not know what kind of fire it may be. But it is not a magical fire. Okay, guys, let's go check this out. This does not look like anything too suspicious. I think it might just be a pretty normal fire. Peep, 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 peep. Sounds like people agrees. All right, Corley, I know that you're nervous, but we we should definitely head over there. Uh, if you want, I can hold on to Peeper. Peep, peep, peep. All right, come here, Peeper. <sighs> yep, right. So now you have uh, Peeper, who's about like a three foot tall goblin frog, kind of hybrid, maybe the size of like a uh, like a small to medium sized dog, and he's kind of just riding piggyback with his uh, big kind of long webbed hands around your neck. Oh, that's a little slimy. Can you hold a little lower, please? Thanks, Peeper. So with Max leading the way, followed by Wallace and Corley, you push through the brush. Uh, and Max, you're wishing you had your sword, and you don't, but maybe you find a stout stick to carry instead. And as you get up close to the source of the flames, you see there is a blazing brush fire at the base of a squat stone tower. A mob is gathered around. They're holding torches and shouting up at an armored knight who stands on the tower's flat top. Hmm, this seems a little dangerous. Do you guys think that we should go in cautiously? Or do you think we should just rush in like we're supposed to be there? I think we should sneak in. Uh, you see the knight has their hands out. They're trying to calm down the crowd. But the crowd keeps uh, adding fuel to the fire, both figuratively and literally. They're trying to smoke the knight out of their keep, even as they're shouting at them adding brush and green leaves to the fire and creating this thick smudge of smoke that you saw in the sky. At the back of the crowd, you see a burly elf with jutting teeth and a missing ear is standing there, kind of egging on the rest. Maybe we should approach the elf. Well, as a knight, do I have any knowledge of who this knight is? Can I do a, like a yeah, history check or something? Yeah, for sure. So what would, you, so give, what would uh, be applicable to knowing a knight here? I think me being a human knight is applicable. Yep. I think having won the King's Tournament definitely puts me in position to have been in the same place as this other knight. Absolutely. Maybe being a hero of the realm, but probably not. No, but I'll give you two dice for um, winning the King's Tournament, because that's an excellent point, that you would know a bunch of other knights who are all at the tournament. Oh, so I get two or three? You get three total. Two for that, and then one regular. Oh, I got a six, a six, and a five. So I'm going to take the six. Yep. So you take the highest dice, but with two six, that is actually a critical success. Whoop, whoop. So Max, um, with two sixes, you do recognize this knight. You know, her name is Lady Feneth. She is a Vulpin, which is sort of a human kind of fox hybrid. She is a uh, a very quick knight. uh, You know her to be very kind and courageous. She wasn't the best as a tournament knight. She wasn't much of a jouster. You know, she's fast with a sword and very chivalrous and, um, you know, if there's a mob outside her tower, it's probably nothing that she did. Okay, so then I'm I'm definitely going to have to be going in there and helping her out because um, it looks like the mob is against her. The mob has um, piled brush and stuff at the base of her tower. They are shouting up at her insults, and some of them are even throwing bottles. And they are try- and adding more and more green to the fire, and just creating all this smoke, and just trying to trying desperately to get her out of this tower. How far away are we? The tower is standing on a low hill. It's a keep, and it has a kind of a view of the surrounding area. So you're probably at the edge of the forest, maybe a couple hundred yards away from the tower and the crowds. Um, 
I would like to know if she's starsworn. Um, so with Max's role, he's he got a pretty good look at her. You see no indication that she is starsworn. Okay. All right. Uh, ho, friends. What's uh what's going on over here? I just walk right up to the the mob of angry people, try to make friends. And you hear uh, you hear um, the nearest guy goes, "Oh, didn't you hear, pal? They got a starsworn kid in there, and she won't send him out." He said, "Fire to the crops." He's got the power of the stars. You can't trust him, no, sir. Best to lock him up. The kid? There's a kid in there, too? Yeah, and he turned me into a newt. Wait, I'm I'm confused. Are you actually a newt? I mean, (laughs) I got better. (laughs) Nice. That's what I thought it might be. And I like it. You see, yeah, and as you get closer in the crowd, you can hear the shouts of this crowd. Apparently, Lady Feneth has taken in a star-sworn child, um, a boy, and you catch the name, is Bramble who uh, was probably known to the locals before this, but she is sheltering him as the crowd is calling for his blood. Well, a fire is a pretty messy way to handle this. Uh, I am a knight. Why don't I just go in and deal with this myself? Uh, But in order to do that, we're going to have to put these flames out so that I can get in. Wallace, Hugh Wallace is going to try to maybe try to dampen the flames magic, try to pull maybe some moisture out of the air and... Stand back, everybody. I'm going to try and dampen this fire a little bit. All right. So you're going to use your wizard lines. We know that you're a human wizard, great at magic, developing spells. You get your three die. Oh, and the bullies. Oh, bullies. So yeah, definitely three die then. I don't like bullies. Remember, you get three maximum unless somebody else has used their turn to help you out. Then you can get four. But nobody's done that, so you're going to get your three. Not great. I got twos and threes. So a one, two, and a three is all trouble. So you stand up and you say... That watch it. What would you say about the fire? I'm going to try to dampen this fire. So you say that and people look to you. And as soon as you raise your uh, wand and you start conducting this magic, they start jostling and kind of push you down to the dirt and say, uh, no, you don't. We're getting this kid. You stay out of this. Oh, and no. We don't need any more knights either. Excuse me. You don't just push my friend down. I help Wallace back up. Thanks, buddy. No problem. Max Wallace, this isn't working. We need a new plan. Hmm. I'll tell you what, there's only one plan. I'll tell you the plan. We're going to get that kid out of here, and then we're going to deal with him. Okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We'll get him out, and then we'll deal with it. I think they have very different ideas of what dealing with this kid is, Wallace. What are we going to do? I think we have to go in first and talk to Lady Feneth and see what's going on. Max knows... Lady Feneth, so I think she's going to let him in, and then we can figure out what's going on. I think that sounds great. Is there any way that I can help him get there? Well, you said, see, it's, it's a squat, it's a solid stone tower, but it's only about 30 feet tall. You could probably shout up to Lady Feneth over the crowd if you, if you wanted to holler at her. Hey, Lady Feneth, down here, it's Max. Max, good name. So you're kind of waving and shouting, and it takes a minute, but after a, a couple minutes of trying, she finally manages to notice you among the uh, mob at the base of her tower. Oh, is that Max Goodname? It is. Hi, how's it going? Oh, it's it's going super great right now, Max. Thanks. It's not it's not going great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that was a dumb question. Sorry. Uh, would you mind letting us in? Sure. I'm not sure how you're gonna do it because there is a fire, but you're invited. There's a fire and a mob of people. It's there's probably twenty people there's- there, all all crowding around the door, which is iron door barred shut from the inside. With a raging fire against it. Can I ask a clarifying question? Of course. Um, Lady Feneth is at the top of this tower? Yes. 
Can she throw something down for them to climb up? She could throw something down to climb up, but there's no way to guarantee who's going to climb up it. That's fair. I I think we need to calm the mob down. So you guys see from looking at the mob, this uh, this elf in the back with the missing ear, this burly elf, he's the one that's really riling everybody up. Excuse me, elf. Um, He ignores you, but a couple other guys come up to you and say, anybody who wants to talk to Big Greg is going to go through us. (laughs) I want to talk to Big Greg. Can I go through you? Well, then you got to go through us. (laughs) All right, excuse me. Excuse me, can no, I no, please no, go no, through? No, 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 no. When I say that, I mean you can't talk to Big Greg, and we're here to make sure you don't. Why not? And uh, you see Big Greg kind of leans over. He says, I, it's okay, boys. It's okay. Listen, listen. You guys are new here. I see that. We can't have Starsworn. Last time Starsworn were here, they destroyed villages, kingdoms toppled, everything was chaos. This kid, Starsworn, he's got to go. We got to find a hole to lock him away in. I know a place we can bring him. It's going to be great. But he's just a kid. Just a kid. It just it, just a kid. It doesn't matter. Have you seen wizard kids blow up whole towns? Starsworn are way more dangerous. It, it's magic. Magic doesn't know age. It's just, it's just chaos. You got to let me take this kid. And this knight won't let us have him. Then the knight's got to go down too. Well, what if, what if we take the kid with us? We're going to see the frog witch. Maybe she can help us. Oh, you're going to see the frog witch? I don't know about any frogs or witches, and I don't trust either. My uncle choked on a frog. He's dead. Listen, I don't know who you are. Kid's not going with you. Kid's coming with me. Coralie, could you explain that some of the Starsworn are bad and some of them are good and we're trying to make it all go away? But we're going to need the help of some of the Starsworn to fix the ones that are bad. But we don't know if this kid is good or bad. But we're going to have to figure it out. We can't, if you eliminate all the good Starsworn, then we're just going to be left with bad Starsworn. Listen, Big Henry, what's his name again? Big Greg. Big Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Big Greg, do you recognize me? It's Corley. I don't know you from a hole in the ground. Big Greg, I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> we know each other. <laughs> um... So go ahead and give me give me a role, a social role, because you're trying to kind of convince him of this and also kind of feel him out. So what lines on your sheet would help with that? Um, I stand out because of my kind spirit and I dream of peace and harmony and wellness. Yep. Okay. So that's two die. I got a two and a four. So the highest is the four and that is a trouble and a triumph. He does not believe you for a second, but uh, you hear some other people talking and you hear that Big Greg isn't from around here either, actually. Big Greg, where are you from? Doesn't matter where I'm from. What matters is we get this dangerous kid out of here. Hi, Big Greg. I'm Max. Um, Hey, Max. Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, We're actually sent here on mission from Menwell to clean up this star-sworn mess anyway. So you might as well just let us take care of it because we're the ones that are here to clean up the mess. So we'll take this kid, which is what we're supposed to be doing anyway. Listen, I was sent here by the astronomer to do the same thing. I, I don't care about Menwell. I work for the astronomer, and uh, I got to bring this kid back. Where's the astronomer? Frankly, it's, it's none of your business. Why don't you keep on the road you came down? This doesn't involve you. Well, it kind of seems like we're on similar missions. Why don't we just team up? I don't team up with no one. Rock, you team paper, up with scissors. the astronomer? <laughs> That's different. <laughs> don't ask me how. Do I know anything about the astronomer? Uh, no, you guys have never heard the astronomer before. I've never heard of the astronomer before. Me neither. I think I have, but remind me again. The astronomer. Hey, no, you're not going to trick big Greg. It wasn't born yesterday. Listen, listen. 
And he turns to the crowd. He says, these guys are trying to help the night. Get them out of here. And the crowd starts booing you and jostling you guys away. Oh, wait, wait. I think I know a song. Oh, well, go sing it down the road. Yeah. We don't want to hear it. I don't like songs. It's a good song. Can I try to throw my voice so I sound like I'm advocating for the song from inside the crowd? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, all right. So I can't stand bullies. I'm excellent at casting spells. I'm a wizard. That's three. That's three. I got a five as my highest. All right. What do you say from the crowd? Well, it's been a long time since we heard any good songs. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of people are like, I could could stand for a song. (laughs) So as you're singing, you see the words wash over the crowd in a gentle wave. Down like the sun sets, rest like the tide. We're cottony, cozy and closing our eyes. Still as the mountains, deep as the streams. Soft as the grass grows, sink into dreams. And you see heads nodding and eyes half closed. And give me a roll to see how effective this is. Um, I'm excellent at healing and warts. And Max is my heart song. Will that count as one? Sure. And um, I dream of peace and harmony. So you get three for being a cleric. And then plus you can take a fourth because of Wallace Q. Wallace's action of throwing his voice to help hear the song. I got a two, two, three, and a five. All right. So you take the highest of the five, and that is a trouble and a triumph. So some people start to fall asleep. About half of the mob, you find, is just kind of lethargic. And they um, maybe they don't fall all the way asleep, but they lose all their kind of passion to fight. Uh, but unfortunately, Big Greg is not one of those. And he's kind of yelling at people, shaking them, saying, come on, come on. We got to get this. Uh, we got to get this guy. But um, he's lost about half his followers. So how many does that leave? Oh, probably about him plus about 10 others. I think that I'm going to try to cast an illusion that makes it look like the knight and Bramble are sneaking out the back door and try to cast some noises of breaking branches like they're like they're running out the back way. Whether there's a back way or not, that might trick them enough. Yeah, that's great. So give me uh, your three dice because we know you are the illusion wizard. The highest I got was a five. So with the five, uh, Trouble and a Triumph, again, on kind of a mixed success here, you see um, there's this uh, flickering illusion. You see the knight and the child, Bramble, running out the back towards the distant woods. And uh, a few more of Big Greg's followers see them and they say, after him, after him. And they run off into the darkness. But uh, Big Greg and a few others see that the knight is still on top of the tower and they don't fall for it. So now it's down to about five, uh, five active rioters, inclu- uh, including Big Greg. And um, you see the fire at the base of the tower is starting to die down as there's not as many people to feed it. And Lady Feneth kind of waves from you up top. Thank you. Clear the door. I'll come down and I'll get you up. All right. I start kicking it apart and moving the door. All right. As you start to kick the fire apart, Big Greg says, what do you think you're doing? And he puts an arm, a big, big uh, meaty elf hand on your shoulder to pull you back. I flip. Him over my front. I just grab, <laughs> I, I, gra- I grab Big Greg's arm and I flip him over in front of me and I say, because this is going to be successful, I say, man, you're not big. I mean, or- he is big, but... <laughs> oh, 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 you're I not guess. as big I as guess you look. I say, oh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> <laughs> the easier they fall. All right. How many do I get? 
I got Injustice, because he's definitely being a jerk here. Yep. I got Hero of the Realm. Yep. Mm, I'm not fighting with a sword. Uh, but Human Knight's good. Human Knight? All right, I'll take that. A six and two twos. So you take the highest, so it's a six, so that is a success. Big Greg lays his hand on you, um, but he doesn't notice the armor. Maybe he wasn't really listening when you said you were a knight, or maybe he just overestimates his own ability. When he grabs you, you catch his wrist, and with one fluid motion, you flip him over your back, and he lands flat and hard on the embers of the fire, and the air rushes out of his lungs in a whoosh, and he starts to, uh, starts to yelp as he gets tiny little burns in the back of his shirts. Sorry about that, Big Greg, but... Oh, <laughs> well, it seems like that hurt. Uh, we're we're here to help these people, and you need to just get out of the way. The rest of the crowd, uh, his the remaining kind of rioters, said, "What about the Star Sworn? What are you going to do with them? Well, we can't have them in this town. We want to go to the conservatory. There is a safe place for him, and it's not here. But we have somewhere we want to go. You just have to let us leave." Uh, I don't know. Lady Feneth is in good standing with the people. She's important to this kingdom, and we trust her. The king and queen trust her. She's always been a good member of this community. We have to put trust in her that she cares about the land and the people and that she's going to do what's best for this child and the Starsworn. Yeah, I don't know. She seemed cool before, but now she's real weird. <laughs> uh, How do we know he's Starsworn, actually? What happened? He set fire to the fields, and he turned some guy into a newt. He started glowing all weird. Yeah, it was glowing. Well, it seems like this town just wants these people out of their town. So I don't I don't see why he can't let them go. Big Greg seems to be the only one who cares about taking them anywhere. And Big Greg's not from here. So you guys should decide what you're doing with your own town. Yeah, would you put more trust in Big Greg or in Lady Feneth, who you've known forever? We just want to take this Starshorn kid and get him out of here. That's exactly what you want too. We're on the same team here. Let's just let let's just get this kid out of your town. I mean, why are we not letting them do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you asked that of Big Greg, and he says, "Cause I, cause I want to take him. I need the kid. Why? Why do you need the kid? For the astronomer. He off. Big Greg's kind of sputtering now, and he draws a uh, short sword from his belt, and he says, "You know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going in there, and I'm getting the kid. We're done here. I mean, I guess I kind of feel weird about this now, Big Greg." Uh, I don't, I, I well, don't go really... then. You won't go with all the rest. And Big Greg draws his sword and he starts advancing on uh, Max, who's standing in the doorway. Max, do something. I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Big Greg, your feet actually just caught on fire. All right, give me dice for illusion. We got, we know you got three here. Highest is five. So with a five, you succeed, and Big Greg does stop to look down at his feet. Unfortunately, Max also stops to look down at his own feet, <laughs> worried oh, that he's also on fire. fire. So he does, it does not buy him the second of opportunity that you hoped it might. <laughs> uh, Big Greg, I challenge you to a game of rock, sword, and shield to see who wins here. How do you play that? All right, so you put your hand out, and you make either a rock, a sword, or a shield, and then... If you got the rock, then you lose. All right, ready? Go. Wait, no. Okay. <laughs> rock, rock, sword, shield, go. Oh, you lose. <laughs> uh, I like rock, sword, and shield. I think we should play for real. So you two should play. All right, Big Greg. Since I don't have my real sword, I challenge you to a game of rock, sword, and shield. 
That's a game for kids. Why should I play that with you? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, Max, you do have your sword. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why should he play? Why should he uh, play? Because you have honor. Fine, but if I win, you guys got to pack up and leave. No more questions asked. And you, up there in the tower. Yes? You got to come down if I win this game and you to give me that kid, okay? All right, Max, good name. I will trust you. Okay, yes. Max also catches Wallace's eye and winks. Because if he fails on this, on this uh, hand rolling, I want my hand... Uh, Illusioned into a different thing that I'm not picking. Well, Wallace definitely understands that, and is and as you look over to wink at him, he's already got his wand pointed at your hand. All right, so we're gonna do one, two, three, and then you gotta say what you're gonna throw. Well, we'll we'll do it on three. One, two, three, sword. Ooh, I got you on that one. I got you on that one. One more, and Big Gray's taking this kid back to the astronomer. All right, ready on three. One, One, two, two three, short. Oh. oh. Now it's all tied up. I guess so. All right. This is the third time. Third time pays for all. One, two, three. Oh, he threw a rock. And Max, will you, Max looks like he threw a sword. So currently, Big Greg is winning, but I know Wallace was standing by. And Wallace has rolled a six. Ooh. So Big Greg looks down and for a second he smiles because he thinks he sees that you've thrown a sword and his rock beats it, but he blinks and you've actually thrown a shield. And he says, oh, I lost. I've never lost. And you can see him kind of doing the odds. He's still got a couple guys in his corner and he sees you got the wizard and the cleric with you, Max. But just then Lady Fenneth kicks open the door, scattering the embers into the wind. And she's there fully armored with her own great axe in her hands. And she steps up besides you. Time for you to go, Big Greg. This child's staying with me. And uh, with the addition of Lady Feneth and the, the departure of most of the mob, Big Greg finally scowls and turns away. Fine, fine. But the astronomer's going to hear this, and you haven't heard the last of Big Greg. And he stalks away into the darkness. Bye, Big Greg. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> And then as you guys go, Lady Fenneth comes down and she says, Thank you so much for the help. Bramble is a nice boy. He just doesn't know how to control his powers yet. I'm going to take him to Lady Bronzewind's conservatory for the Star Sworn where he can be safe. And behind uh, Lady Fenneth, you see a small boy. He can't be more than six or seven years old. And uh, as he shakes, you see his hands are bursting into flames and then turning off again. That is very cool, Bramble. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Bramble, you are so brave. Be careful. We wish you good luck. Thanks. Good luck to you guys, too. I appreciate your help. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys talk a little bit more. Lady Fenneth tells you about the conservatory. You know Lady Bronzewin, uh, Max, and uh, certainly all of actually Max Corley, Wallace. You've all met Lady Bronzewin. She's sort of the arcanist of the court, sort of the magical inventor and former adventurer of the king and queen. And you know that if she's opening conservatory, it'll be a safe place for them to go. And uh, you trust Lady Fenneth to get them the rest of the way there. All Maybe right. we'll see you later. Okay, that sounds good. I hope we do. Thanks again for the aid. Uh, and as you see Lady Feneth and Bramble safely down the road, you turn back to your own path. And ahead of you lies the forest, and beyond that, the bubbling swamp of the Frog Witch. And as you make your way down the road, Corley, another song comes to mind. The road goes ever on and on, 
Over root and under tree, by silent ponds that starless shone, by forest blooming majesty, over grass by summer grown, through the autumn's tragedy, the road goes ever on and on, and us with all the world to see. enjoyed hearing us play through this chapter of the story's role-playing game. Remember, if you want to play along at home, chapters 1 and 2, plus all the rules and everything you need to get started, are available at storiesrpg.com. Then you can play and act out your own Starsworn adventure with all your friends and family. New chapters will be coming monthly all through the winter, available to download at storiesrpg.com. Special thanks to Nate, Emily, and Kelsey Lee, our producer Andrew Martin, our friend Vince Vept, who wrote all the original music in the episode, and Michael Lowe, the designer of the Starsworn game with Daniel Hines. Michael is a certified English teacher who runs online classes to help kids learn the joy of writing fiction by using storytelling games. If you'd like to hear your kids laugh, gasp in excitement, and write page after page of stories for the sheer joy of it, check out the classes on luckoflegends.com. Classes count for homeschooling credit and come with Common Core-aligned feedback on your child's writing, speaking, and collaboration skills so you can help them keep growing as they play. And to check out all of VinSvep's music, head to youtube.com slash V-I-N-D-S-V-E-P-T. Thanks for listening!